0: That's it, right? Like you guys just kissed? Eh. It was, in fact, not just it.
1: Hello, hello, hello. hello. hello.
0: Or should I say, hey, Upper East Siders? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Happy New Year, new Welcome to 2023. We hope that everybody had a wonderful, you know, start to the year. We're super excited to kick it off with yet another listener pick for our first episode of the year.
1: Yeah, we like to spice it up on that first -hmm. first episode of the year, and we gave a couple of options, Mm -hmm. One Tree Hill, The O.C.,
0: What else did we have? Uh, Gossip Girl and Bridgerton, I believe. Gossip Girl won, I think by a landslide. Yeah, had a really strong lead from the jump and really Mm -hmm. swept. And I was super excited as somebody who's seen the show multiple times, but especially excited because this is Moe's first watch ever. I
1: didn't know what to expect.
0: I really did not know
1: the characters, as (laughs) we'll find out. (laughs) But yeah, it was really exciting. There's so much going on in this pilot episode. Yes, I was like shaken at every turn.
0: It's very juicy. So I remember watching it for the first time when I was, I believe in like seventh, maybe eighth grade. And I'd obviously like, you know, heard about Gossip Girl out there in the world. It was like, oh, this show, it's so like scandalous and it's so bad and I was obviously intrigued as a middle school girl. Of course. So, I was sitting in my mom's classroom after school one day cuz my mom was a kindergarten teacher at like the same school that I went to and she was in a meeting and I went onto some like random streaming site that streamed like every <laughs> single episode of Gossip Girl. And I watched the pilot, and I was, like, enthralled. I needed to know what happened next. I think at that point, there was maybe only, like, six episodes out, so I, like, watched all of them. But I had to watch them in secret, because I, like, definitely was not old enough to watch the show, and my mom would not have allowed it, so I did have to watch it in secret. But, yeah, I was hooked. I can see why, because now,
1: after this first episode, I'm like, okay, but... What happens? And then I, you also see them like going around New York. And I'm like, oh, yeah. the city. Like, if I watched this, well, I guess I didn't watch in high school. But I feel like if I was something I'd gotten into, it would be like, oh, like, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to mm. go. Yeah. We were just looking at some fun facts. And one was that when the show was criticized by the parent television council for being mind-blowingly inappropriate and Every parent's nightmare. They use those phrases for promotional
0: posters. Yeah. <laughs> they were so good. It was like pictures of like them making out or like any sort of steamy scene. It would be like mind-blowingly bad or like <laughs> so like terrible. Um, so terrible. It's a great it's so campaign. awful. It was so like salacious. My God. <laughs> like they're all minors. But. Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It is crazy like watching it now that I'm older than them. I'm like these children they're like 15 years old drinking martinis at a i know at like a cocktail bar that's wild i guess that's when you have like money you're
1: just like you I walk guess. in and they're like oh miss Vanderwoodson woodson mm-hmm. in the penthouse suite like what are we gonna do say she can't have a drink no we're we gonna call the cops
0: absolutely not no um it did make me think about so you watched Matt James' season of The Bachelor, right? Yes. Yeah. So you remember Kit, like the blonde, who's like 22. Oh, yeah. Um Her
1: mom is like the founder of Tory Burch or something. I her forgot. mom
0: is Cynthia Rowley. Cynthia Rowley. Mm-hmm. So like incredibly famous designer. She grew up, I think, in like the West Village, like, you know, very charmed life. Miss Kit has lived. And... I was listening to a podcast that she was on and she was talking about like since she grew up in New York and like a very wealthy environment that she's like, yeah, like I started going to clubs when I was like 14. So by the time I got to college, I was like been there, done that, like already had my partying (laughs) phase. And I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah.
1: So wild. Native New Yorkers really like have lives that are Like, so many stories to tell, you know? Oh, yeah.
0: Definitely. And I mean, I guess, like, growing up in Singapore when I was 14, like, people would go to clubs and stuff. But that was a little bit less outlandish to me just because the drinking age is 18. Right. So it's, like, a little bit closer in age. I mean, it's definitely, like, insane. 14-year-olds should not be in nightclubs with adults. But if you're, like, 15, 16 in a club that also has, like, 18-year-olds – it doesn't seem quite as bad as like in the U S for the drinking age is 21 where I'm like,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember when we were freshmen and they would not even check our IDs or glance at them. I remember once I think one of us held up our actual ID or like even like a, a school ID, like something stupid yeah. and they would just glance, but mm-hmm. it's been so different. I would say like after our freshman year, there yeah. was like a really big crackdown.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah. They, they started getting pretty strict. I, I never had a fake taken away, but I definitely saw other people's get taken away. And I'm like, oh, damn. But, <laughs> I'll never
1: forget the time I used my fake in front of my parents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what possessed me. I think it was actually my 20th or 21st birthday mm-hmm. that we were we had gone out to a restaurant and I like had ordered a drink thinking they wouldn't card me because like I'm with my parents like they clearly gave me consent to drink and um, they were like I'll need to see your ID though and I like in that moment wasn't going to be like oh I'm actually like not 21 yet so Mm -hmm. never mind or like whatever and I just like show the fake and then my mom (laughs) is like oh she's like about her birthday is like coming up or something and I'm like mom stop talking because in my fake I was like 28
0: Oh, my gosh. I was just going
1: to say it is different. Even going to college at 18, Mm -hmm. like you're just you're going out to clubs, you're going out and um, going to bars and having shots. And like, I didn't really know anything about cocktails when we were in college, maybe like until senior year or something. But I would just like get shots, get champagne, like
0: (laughs) well drinks, you know, nothing. (laughs) Exactly. Well
1: drinks. But it's definitely expected that you're going to go out and party.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. And my parents didn't really care because like like I was legal in Singapore. I was legal in Alberta, like where I was born. So they were just kind of like, yeah, like obviously you're going to drink like you're legal everywhere else except for the U.S. with their ridiculously high drinking age that doesn't prohibit anything. So yeah, they were pretty, pretty chill with it. And they knew I was responsible. So. <laughs>
1: We were super responsible.
0: Yeah. Not like these children, though, who are, like, 15-year-olds and drinking martinis um, yeah. and, like, champagne and limos and whatnot. But before we get too derailed, we'll, we'll tell you mm-hmm. a couple more fun facts. So, obviously, we have, you know, the iconic cast. We have Blake Lively, Leighton Meester. Uh, we have Chase Crawford, Penn Badgley. Oh, love. My love of my life. <laughs> and... Ed Westwick, who the network initially did not want to cast because, and this is a quote, they said that he looked more like a serial killer than a romantic lead. Completely agree.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. That's the first thought I had when I saw him. I was like, why does
0: he look so sinister? Mm -hmm. (laughs) They make Chuck like very horrible in the pilot. Like, don't get me wrong; like, he does a lot of bad things throughout the show, but. I think they went a little too far Mm -hmm. with him in the pilot and then they had to do a lot of kind of backpedaling and (laughs) they had to kind of make up for it and be like, oh, yeah, sorry that we kind of like made him a rapist in the first episode. Like, let's all forget about that. Yeah. Crazy. didn't
1: understand that choice. But Mm. the costume design on this show is incredible. Yes. And Serena's wardrobe is actually modeled after Kate Moss. And Blair's was actually modeled after Audrey Hepburn, which you can totally see mm. the difference. Serena is just a free spirit, and Blair is trying her best to be the woman that her mom wants her to be. Yeah. And I'm like, that will mentally scar you.
0: Yeah, they definitely toned down Eleanor's character. Well, they, first of all, they recast her, but they also kind of toned yeah. down the the motherly expectation thing. And it becomes more of, like, Blair's putting this on, like, these expectations on herself of this, like, very specific life that she wants. Interesting. Um, I'm curious, like, off the bat, um, do you feel more akin to Serena or Blair? I would say now I feel more like
1: Serena, Mm -hmm. but I don't know, actually. I feel like I've always been, like, more of, like, an artsy, like, gal. Like, I dyed my hair pink when I was in high school and stuff like that. So I can't say that I would really feel like Blair, but I was a try-hard <laughs> like her. So I relate to that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But I feel like I'll see another character if I keep watching that I feel more more
0: akin to. Yeah, I definitely like I have a well, I have a hard time like kind of picturing myself as a lot of TV characters because I just don't think that my personality is like that dynamic enough to really fit in with like a lot of characters and people like which girl from sex in the city are you i'm like none of None of them i'm like and neither are you yeah nobody is we all we aren't we simply aren't but i don't know like i i don't think i'm like free spirited and like spontaneous and wild enough to be serena but i don't think i'm like so uptight and like rigid in the way that blair is they're polar opposites like yeah i don't know let us know though if you if you have a thought of which gal you are please dm us um another fun fact about the fashion though which is something that i've never noticed in all of my watches of this show is that no men ever wear a belt on the show Mm -hmm. and the costume designer said that this was the era of metrosexuals and Jersey Shore had, like, hideous jeans with these ugly belts and he was not going to let that happen on his watch.
1: There was a lot of belting, especially, like, Ashley Tisdale mm-hmm. on the red carpet. Yep. Girls wearing 15 belts, you know what I mean?
0: Exactly. Yeah, so they just made sure that everything was, like, perfectly tailored, no belts for the men.
1: Mm-mm. There was also – um There was also another possible casting choice by David Rappaport. Mm. Um, They initially pitched Ashley Olsen and Rumor Willis for Blair and Serena. So weird. (laughs) That clearly didn't happen. And Jennifer Lawrence auditioned to play Serena and was reportedly very upset when Mm. she didn't get the role.
0: Like, I can see why they would kind of be put in the same, uh, like, type at the time. You know, like, the beautiful, like, effortless blonde. But there's just something about Blake Lively that is so, like – It's, like, very effervescent. mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, she – And charming. Exactly. And I was really struck by that re-watching the pilot, which I haven't seen in so long. Like, just how uh, magnetic Serena is. And, like, that's that's very much a through line. Like, people always talk about how she has this, like, energy that everybody's drawn to. But, like, Blake Lively truly, truly does have that. And Mm -hmm. that's pretty rare to see.
1: Definitely, even though she made some serious mistakes, I kept, like, rooting for her. Yeah. Because she seemed so genuine. hmm But I was like, the things she's doing aren't great.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's definitely – she's a little bit of an anti-hero uh throughout the the show where she keeps making these insane decisions, but you're like, come on, Serena. Like, I know you're a good person. Let's just, like – Oh, no. Pull it together. Um, yeah, and our, our last little fun fact is – Leighton Meester, who, uh, you know, obviously is Blair, she auditioned and they really loved her, but she was blonde at the time. So they just had a hard time like Mm -hmm. seeing her as Blair and to prove how much she wanted the role. She ended up like dyeing her hair through the audition process. And one day they saw her like sitting with her dark hair wearing a headband and they were like, it's got to be her.
1: Nailed it. (laughs) Yeah, nailed
0: it. (laughs) Isn't it crazy
1: how when casting directors cast for, I feel like, particularly younger roles, they're like, Mm -hmm. I need to see it to believe it. Yep. I need you to look like the character.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And like, you couldn't possibly have two blondes in a show. Well, then they wouldn't
1: know who's what type of personality. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Because that's what decides it. The binary of your hair color. Yes, ma'am. Well, before we dive into it, uh, we just want to remind you about our Patreon and that coming out next week is going to be our January bonus episode on, drumroll please, (laughs) stick it!
1: I love that movie. It's
0: the first time watch for me, so I'm super excited. If you want to listen to our Stick It episode, you can join our Patreon. It's $5 a month. We have tons of cool perks. And the link, as always, is in our show notes.
1: And apparently, Pride and Prejudice will never win.
0: <laughs> one day. One day it'll get
1: its, its moment day. in the sun. But that's up Maybe to you guys. Everyone will come together <laughs> and finally say, you know what, guys? You've been trying for so long.
0: Yeah. They're like, all right, it's been six rounds of pride and prejudice. It's finally the time. Ooh, it would be perfect for February. You know, yeah, maybe we should just do very it. Very romantic. We should rig oh, yeah. it. <laughs> let's rig <rank> the votes. <laughs> but with that being said, should we just dive into it? Yeah, let's do it.
1: Immediate 2007 Bop Young Folks comes on. Serena Vanderwoodson sits on a train going into Manhattan and arrives at Grand Central. <gasps> oh, my. Hey, Upper Eastsiders. Gossip Girl here. And I have the biggest news ever. Spotted at Grand Central, bags in hand, Serena Vanderwoodson.
0: Ooh. So
1: Serena's back. Who is she? Where has she been? I don't know, but apparently Gossip Girl is excited to spread the news. hmm and we find out that a year ago, Serena mysteriously disappeared from the city to go to boarding school. And now she's back. So Gossip Girl's informer, like Melissa9613 or something, yeah. takes a photo of Serena and sends it into Gossip Girl. Meanwhile, also arriving at Grand Central are Dan Humphrey and his little sister, Jenny. And they're greeted by their dad, Rufus. So. They're arriving back into the city after spending the weekend visiting their mom, who has just left them, I guess, taking a break from the marriage. Yeah. And you can tell things are tense. Rufus is like, so how was your mom? Like, did she say it was the biggest mistake she's ever made? Please. And they're like, um, not really, daddy. That's not it, actually. (laughs) So as they're heading home, Dan looks to the side, and he stops in his tracks. He's like, Serena. And we are spotted. Lonely boy. Can't believe the love of his life has returned. If only she knew who he was. But everyone knows Serena, and everyone is talking.
0: Oh, my God. Great opening scene. Yeah, We get so much backstory off the jump. Also, love Serena's little, like, tiny scarf, like, brown leather oh my jacket gosh, just look.
1: just like looking around Grand Central as if she hasn't been in and out of Grand Central right. before.
0: Well, I guess she's looking for her driver because we see her like talking yeah. to like a dude with a sign. But yeah, just looking like effortlessly gorgeous as always. So we then see the news spreading fast throughout the entire Upper East Side, everybody with their sidekicks and their flip phones just texting away until the news reaches Miss Blair Waldorf, Serena's BFF, but their relationship has always been tense, as everybody suspected that Blair's boyfriend, Nate Archibald, had a thing for Serena. Mm -hmm. So we do, in fact, have a little competition set up between these two ladies. So Blair goes out into this fancy party that her designer mother, Eleanor Waldorf, is hosting. This woman only plays Eleanor for one episode and is promptly recast. But devastating (laughs) for her. I know. So Blair's mom immediately just like jumps to criticizing her daughter as soon as she sees her. She's like, Blair, like, why are you wearing one of my designs that isn't properly fitted? And just is like, you know, clearly very critical of her daughter. Right. Meanwhile, Blair's boyfriend, Nate, is having a conversation with his dad and some of his colleagues and they start asking him about college. And Nate's dad, Howard, is a Dartmouth man. So he's like, obviously, Nate will be following in my footsteps to go there. But Nate's like, yeah, I mean, Dartmouth is a great school, but I was actually interested in UCLA, maybe USC. And Howard is like, absolutely not. Your mother won't hear of it. You'll be going to Dartmouth. And he's like, I guess I'm I'm going to Dartmouth. (laughs) Oh, woe is me. My daddy wants me to go to an Ivy. I'm playing the world's smallest (laughs) violin. And apparently I'm a small Victorian child. (laughs) Hello, I'm Mia (laughs) Cole. I'm Nate Archibald. (laughs) Blair then goes up to, you know, borrow her boyfriend for a moment. And as they are walking off together, their friend Chuck Bass... Immediately is like, hey, Nate, you want to go get some fresh air, a.k.a. <laughs> go for a little smoke? Toke yeah, up, man. And he's like, oh, maybe when I get back. And she's like, if he gets back.
1: Uh-huh-huh. And then she
0: pulls Nate into her bedroom for a little private time. So Blair, upon hearing the news that her bestie is coming back to town is like, okay, yeah. I got to fucking seal the deal with Nate. So She starts, like, seducing him. She is ready for them to have sex for the first time ever. Yeah. And he's like, whoa, like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, let's do it right now. And while they are getting it on, um, news spreads through the whole party about Serena's grand return.
1: So a little bit later, Serena arrives at the Waldorf apartment. And Blair is making out with Nate, telling him that she loves him always have always will and he's like oh I love you too they make out
0: <laughs> yeah yeah lo- love you too babe right right right
1: <laughs> he's not very loving towards her I would say no they don't have a ton of chemistry
0: no definitely not I mean personally like I never really got the Nate appeal like he's just so bland to me like he's definitely yeah I um, mean yeah, apart from you know what we see that he's done in the pilot. He's definitely like the least problematic of everybody. He's like the nicest, um, but just like so boring. And I don't yeah. I don't get the Nate appeal. I was always a Dan girly, so
1: I see the Dan appeal. Yeah, I mean, just from the first episode. So yeah. but Eleanor knocks on Blair's door and she's like, Serena's here and Nate is like, got a blast. <laughs> And Blair's like, you know, no, Serena's at boarding school and just tries to get them back to like having sex. But he's already like, oh, we should, we should go say hey and like puts on his pants. I'm like, that's not a good sign. Red flag. Yeah, for sure. So Serena walks through the party as we hear everyone speculating about whether she was pregnant or went to rehab. And Serena goes and finds her mom, Lily, and they hug and she's like, where is he? Did they let him out yet? Ooh. And we don't know who she's talking about yet. But Lily's like, we shouldn't discuss that now. You know, I figured you'd want to see your friends. And then Serena and Nate make eye contact. Mm. And then Blair comes out, notices, and quickly composes herself. She's like, Serena. And they go to hug. And she's like, come on, like, you'll sit next to me at dinner. But Serena's like, actually, um, I have to go. I- I'm just not feeling well. But she's like, um, I have to go. I'm not feeling well.
0: <laughs> I have to go. I'll see
1: you at school tomorrow.
0: There's this, like, TikTok that I saw of a compilation of every time Serena says, I have to go. Because she says it constantly <laughs> through the whole series. She's just like, I have to go. I have to go. I-, I-, I have to go. Like, all
1: the time. She's always rushing off somewhere. <laughs> I've just seen a lot of TikToks of her being like, "Chuck." chuck chuck blair goes up to katie and is and she's like oh well serena must be back for good then and they're like um didn't you know she was coming and blair's like of course
0: i just wanted it to be a surprise and i'm like who do you think you're kidding oh, yeah katie and is are not that stupid they can see right through that yeah
1: and gossip girl's like S. bailed on B.'s party in nine minutes and didn't even have a limoncello. (laughs) And I'm like, oh Oh my gosh, you've piqued my interest. Yeah, (laughs)
0: Because if there's anything that teenagers love, it is limoncello.
1: I hardly like limoncello.
0: (laughs) I actually don't know if I've ever had it. I like the idea of it, though. I'm like, "Mm, right, a citrusy, I guess is it like an aperitif?
1: Yeah. Or no, 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 it's a digestive.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah, because you usually have it like with dessert. Mm -hmm. I'll have to try it. I'll I'll report back because I'm sure everyone's dying to know my opinion on Lemoncello. But (laughs) I am. I am. (laughs) (laughs) So we hear another little gossip girl uh, voiceover, and she's like, Oh, Serena, is the bad girl turned good? And that's where we see where Serena has run off to, and it's not home. She's actually gone to an outpatient facility called the Ostroff Center. Yeah, the Ostroff Center to visit. Her brother, Eric. Yeah. So in the morning, uh, Serena has fallen asleep at Eric's bedside on the little couch. And he wakes her up and they talk a little bit. And she's like, oh, Eric, I've been such a terrible sister, but I'm so happy to see you. I'm so happy to be back. And they hug. And he's like, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of rumors about you being back. And she's like, there are, but none of them are about you. And he's like, yeah, just like mom wanted speaking of miss lily vanderwoodson walks in and you know they have a little chat serena's like actually i was just going to ask the doctor if i could take eric out to breakfast but lily's like oh no how about i'm just gonna go run and grab him a croissant you two stay right here she's like i'm gonna grab him a a croissant A croissant yeah so serena is like really pissed off. And she goes to actually confront her mom. And she's like, what did you just tell everybody that he's at some distant relative's house so you don't lose mom of the year? That is exactly what she's done. Lily wants to save face and couldn't possibly fathom the idea that anybody know that her son is having like issues with his mental health. What we do learn is that Eric actually did attempt suicide and that's why he's currently in this facility. So Lily tells Serena she doesn't know what it's like. She hasn't been here. She's been off at boarding school doing God knows what with God knows who. And Serena says that boarding school wasn't like that. But Lily is like, listen, I'm glad you're back, but you have no idea what it's been like here. So lots of tension between Serena and her mom as well. Mm-hmm. The whole family relationship is quite strained. And we see that play out um, through the the first half of the first season.
1: Yeah neither serena or blair has a great relationship with their mom yeah so we go to the humphreys rufus asks dan and jenny whose dad is cool and then shows them this rolling stone magazine about the top 10 forgotten bands of the 90s his band is number nine (laughs) lincoln hawk
0: yes lincoln hawk
1: and dan is like clearly doesn't care and Jenny is like, well, maybe he'd care if it was on Gossip Girl. Mm. Yeah, I saw you staring at that all night reading about <laughs> Serena Vanderwoodson. Oh, young Taylor Momsen. I know. She looks so innocent. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jenny is like working on these invitations. And her dad is like, what's that for? Turns out it is the Kiss on the Lips party invitations. And Dan is like, are you, are you going to that? Because I've never been invited to that. And she's like, well, one of the girls saw me in art class writing my calligraphy and told me that if I trust all the invitations, (laughs) I could have one. Oh, boy. (laughs) Their dad is like, wow, sweatshops could learn a thing or two. And she's just like, dad, this isn't like fodder for one of your capitalist rants. And they go back and forth. But in the end, he tells Jenny that if she wants to go, she should go and they could use some fun.
0: Yeah. um Yeah. I don't think that they include it in this – in the pilot, but the Humphreys canonically live in Williamsburg in this, like, really nice loft. Like, it's a really huge space. There's three bedrooms, like, huge living room and kitchen. Everyone's always like, oh, my God. The Humphreys live, like, in the middle of fucking nowhere because they live in Williamsburg in, like, a really nice loft. And they act like they are dirt poor even though – he literally sends them to private school. So, like, the Humphreys are doing They're perfectly well. fine. Yeah. yeah. They're not, you know, bajillionaires, but they're doing very well. Mm-hmm. So we then go back to Serena, who is arriving home, the home being the Palace Hotel, where her and her family are currently staying, because a through line about Lily is that she loves to renovate, and so they are, like, staying in this hotel while renovating. Mm-hmm. And as she walks through the courtyard, who is waiting for her, but... Nate Archibald Ooh. she tries to like make a little small talk and just kind of avoid him head upstairs but he's like I just wanted to see if you're okay because you left the party really quickly and she's like yeah no I'm fine and he's like Serena and she's like no don't and you're like what's what's going on yeah and he's like but you you're back and she says I didn't come back for you yikes You're Blair's boyfriend, and she loves you, and that's the way that it's supposed to be. Juicy, juicy, my God. What's
1: happening? Mm -hmm. Off the bat. So we go back to Dan Humphrey, who is just running through the streets of New York to catch the bus. I mean, it's the streets of Brooklyn, so it's a little less Mm. crazy, but he does make the bus, and on the bus, Chuck is sitting next to Nate, and they're just talking about Serena and Chuck is like, she looked effing hot last night. <laughs> and Nate tells him that he's deeply disturbed. And Chuck is like, okay, but if you had the opportunity to hook up with her, wouldn't you do it? And Nate's like, I have a girlfriend. Stop.
0: Not like that stopped you before.
1: Mm. <laughs> but Chuck is like, Yeah, you guys have been dating since kindergarten. Like, haven't you sealed the deal? Nate and Chuck get up to leave, and Chuck asks Dan if he's following them. And he's like, I go to the same school as you. Like, didn't the uniform tip you off? And Nate, like, chuckles. He's like, hee hee. Yeah.
0: This is also the only time you ever see Nate and Chuck riding the bus. Um, Frankly, like, doesn't make sense character-wise that they would I be. I didn't understand it. I think they just needed a, a moment where Dan, Nate, and Chuck would all be in the same place. But... After the pilot, obviously, Nate and Chuck have private cars that take them everywhere (laughs) because – Classic. Why would they take the bus with the commoners? My God. Mm. We then get our first scene on the iconic Met Steps, which is where Blair and and is, always have breakfast, lunch. That's their spot. So Blair is looking through all of the party invites that Jenny has done. She's very impressed with her handiwork. And as promised, gives her an invite to the kiss on the lips party. That's when Serena rushes up and she's like, hey, guys, like I was looking all over the dining hall for you. And obviously they are like not thrilled to see Serena. There's a lot of tense energy. Yeah. But Serena, easy breezy gal still very positive she introduces herself to Jenny they have a little chat Jenny is like super starstruck by Serena and Serena notices the party invite so asks where it is and Blair's like oh yeah um it's my party it's on saturday but unfortunately you're not invited because until 12 hours ago we all thought you were at boarding school and We're all full. Jenny just took the last invite, and Jenny tries to, like, (sighs) offer the invitation, and Blair's like, you can go now, Jenny. Bye. (laughs) So, Jenny goes off, and Serena's like, oh, you know what? It's totally fine. I have a lot of stuff to do anyways. There's, like, a big power struggle between the two of them. Oh, yeah. And Blair and her minions start to leave, and they're like, oh, we better, you know, go to class. Unless you want us to wait. Looks like you still have a lot of yogurt left. (laughs) And Serena's like... What the hell kind of line is that? She's like, looks like you still have a lot of yogurt yogurt
1: left.
0: So that's when also Blair is standing on like a higher step than Serena. We have a lot of like, you know, imagery of of this power imbalance. So Blair goes down a couple steps to walk away when Serena's like, no, it's fine. And then Serena whips her head around and she's now on the higher ground and she's like... Hey, Blair, how about we meet tonight? And Blair's like, oh, I have plans with Nate, actually. And she's like, the palace at eight. Nate will wait. It's like, oh, mm. Serena, my God. So Blair's like, sure, anything for my best friend. And then walks away. My best friend. Yeah. Loaded. Loaded. And Gossip Girl asks if S really thought that things with B would be like they were. And if B really thought that S would go down without a fight. Or can these two hotties work it out? <laughs> <laughs> so we
1: cut to Rufus and Dan flyering around Brooklyn for his band show. And Dan is like, haven't you heard of Facebook, Dad? Or my MySpace. <laughs> and then Dan gets this 911 text from Jenny and he's like, sorry, dad, um, I have to run. Like, are you going to be OK? And Rufus is like, yeah, yeah. You know, your mother has always been a free spirit. She'll come back. And Dan is like, oh, I- I'm at the posters, but OK.
0: Go off, King. Happy for you. <laughs>
1: sure. So Serena arrives at the outpatient uh, facility and tells her brother that she is taking him to Bendel's for some shopping because she had a horrible day. And he's like, oh, really? I actually had a great day. I did some, like, Rorschach tests, ate some green shallow. And Serena, like, tosses him the clothes. And she's like, okay, hurry up. We got to go before mom gets here.
0: Yes. Yeah, so we go to Bendel's, which, if you're not familiar, is, like, a big department store sort of akin to your Bloomingdale's, your Saks Fifth Avenue, your Bergdorf's. Uh, but it has since closed down. I think the last one closed in 2018, 2019. But at the time, big deal. So Dan goes to Bendel's where Jenny is, and she's like, hey, does this dress look okay? Because her emergency was a fashion emergency. Jenny, come on. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, mom isn't here and dad hates department stores, so she needs an opinion on the dress she's going to wear to the kiss on the lips party. And Dan takes a look and very genuinely tells her that she looks great. It's a great dress. And she's like, yeah, I just can't afford it. It's like the same price as our rent, but maybe I can sew something like it. Because Jenny is a thrifty gal. She has her little sewing machine, and she's out here making dupes. She is. That's when Jenny notices Serena on the stairs, and she's like, oh, hey, Serena. Dan fucking books it, runs to hide behind some mannequins. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Serena comes over. They say hello, and – I think Eric introduces himself as her stylist slash like fashion guru or whatever. And Jenny ends up pulling an invitation out of her bag that she addressed for Serena for the kiss on the lips party and is like, by the way, If anyone asks, you didn't get it from me. She also turns around to introduce her brother, Dan, but Dan is literally hiding because he is so in love with Serena that he's terrified to even speak to her. Right. (laughs) So Serena thanks Jenny for the invitation. And as she's walking away, she's like, hey, Jenny, that dress would look even better in black. And Jenny thanks her for the tip. Very nice, Serena. Serena is really like one of those people that is popular because they are like – Well, not only because she's, like, beautiful and rich or whatever, whatever, but she is, like, genuinely very nice. Whereas Blair Mm -hmm. is one of those people that becomes popular by instilling fear amongst the masses. Totally. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. You can tell that off the bat. And it's really clear also that Blair is just so deeply insecure. Mm -hmm. And I think Serena is too, but she's more just, like, unsure – it seems, of what she wants while, yeah. it, while Blair has a plan, but she doesn't know who she
0: is. Totally. Yeah. Like, Serena is more of, like, I'm lost in figuring out my way, and Blair is, like, I want this very specific thing, and I'm not getting it. Yeah. They're both sort of directionless in different ways, though, which I think is, mm-hmm. like, an interesting parallel, and it, it makes sense, like, why they would bond in a lot of ways, but then also clash in a lot of ways. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Who isn't directionless at 15, though?
0: Right, exactly.
1: So we go to Central Park. Chuck and Nate are smoking some weed. Mary Jane. Classic. And Nate mentions that Blair's mom is going to be at the country house tonight. And Chuck is like, oh, do you want me to swipe some of my dad's Viagra for you? And. Like, Nate just looks so unhappy, and he's like, or some of my mom's Paxil. And he's like, dude, you're about to have sex, but you look like you're headed for an execution. And Nate tells him there's a problem. He just feels like their lives are planned out, and they're going to end up like their parents. And, like, aren't they entitled to be happy? But Chuck says that all they're entitled to is a trust fund, a house in the Hamptons, and a prescription drug problem. But happiness is not on the menu. So smoke up and seal the deal with Blair.
0: What a bleak outlook from a 15-year-old. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Or I guess 16. I don't know. I'm trying to remember how old they're supposed to be here. I think I guess how many years do they jun- stay
1: in high school? I feel like Jenny's a freshman. Yeah,
0: Jenny is a freshman for sure. Yeah. They might be juniors. They're definitely not seniors. I think that they graduate in season three. Oh, no, they graduate at the end of season two. So, yeah, they're juniors. okay. So they're like 16. So we cut to the evening. Blair does go to meet up with Serena at the Palace Hotel bar. They're drinking martinis. Very classy. And they talk about, you know, how Blair's mom is doing amidst the divorce because Blair's dad left them for another man. And Serena tells Blair that she's really sorry. And Blair's like, yeah, I mean, you didn't call or write the whole time it was happening. And she says that she doesn't even know why Serena went to boarding school to begin with. And she asked Serena if she knows, like, how it felt for her to call her house, asking why she didn't come to school one day and have her mom be like, oh, didn't Serena tell you? She moved to Connecticut, which is, like, pretty fucked. I would be devastated yeah. if my friend, like, out of nowhere just, like, fucked off to another state to go to boarding school and didn't ever call or write, like, the whole year that they were gone, Mm -hmm. it's pretty insane. So Serena says that she just needed to get away from everything and ask Blair to trust her. And Blair is like, how can I trust you? I don't – I feel like I don't even know you anymore. And Serena says that they can fix that and she tries to assure Blair that she, like, isn't going to try and take her, like, quote-unquote, like, queen bee title, her status, which is a pretty presumptuous thing to say because Blair is like, oh, why? Because it's yours if you want to take it. Yeah, I think she says something
1: like, look, I saw you hang out with, like, kadi and Is, and I don't want to take that away from you.
0: Mm-hmm. She's like... Because it's yours to take? Like, fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> obviously, like, Blair has worked pretty hard to get this, this status... Totally. ...that she has in the school. And, I mean, to be fair, yeah, if Serena wanted that she could easily take it because she does have that personality that people gravitate towards. Yeah. And like I too would be pretty insecure if I was best friends with somebody like Serena my whole life. And like the whole time you're growing up, everybody just is constantly talking about how like your best friend is so beautiful and she's so nice and like everybody is obsessed with her and like all the boys like her and you're just kind of there. And like even your own boyfriend likes her more than you like – That's going to do a number on somebody. So Serena says that that's not what she meant. And she says that she just misses their friendship. And Blair is like her sister. And with the way that their families are, they need each other. And this does, like, touch Blair very genuinely. And she smiles and says that Serena did miss some of her mother's classic meltdowns. And, you know, the girls end up laughing about it. And they bury the hatchet. You know, their relationship is, is on its way to repair. So Blair then tells Serena she has to go meet Nate for their special date tonight. And the girls hug and tell each other that they love each other. But once Blair leaves, Serena sits down and, like, downs the rest of the martini that Blair left behind. So clearly something is eating away at her. She's feeling Mm -hmm. some sort of guilt. I wonder why. Yeah.
1: Back at the Humphrey loft, Jenny is sewing her Kiss on the Lips dress, when Dan comes in and she's like, oh, talk about like that disappearing act you you did when you saw Serena. And Jenny brings up the fact that Serena said hi to him at like a ninth grade birthday party and he'll never forget it. And he's like, you know, she's the only person who spoke to me and probably thought I was someone else. That's when Jenny tells him that Serena's actually nice. And if she did know him, then she'd probably like him. So... Jenny takes it upon herself (laughs) to make this her new project. And she's like, you know, Serena's staying at the Palace Hotel. She's probably sitting at the bar just all by herself, sipping martinis alone. It's actually kind of sad. And, you know, our dad is working late at the art gallery. Hey, hey, what did you want for dinner? And Dan is like, "Uh, actually, Um, I'm going to head out.
0: I'm going to go just take a little stroll to the Palace Hotel and see what I might find. So we cut back to the hotel where Serena is, in fact, sitting alone at the bar, just getting drunk off of these martinis. And that is when Chuck Bass shows up. He sits down. He's like, oh, I'll have to tell my parents that the hotel they bought is serving minors. And she's like, yeah, well, if you get a drink, that means they're also serving pigs. Good one, Serena. Mm -hmm. So Chuck tries to like flirt with her. She is not into it. All she wants is to eat something because she's been drinking on an empty stomach. And Chuck is like, oh, I, I thought you didn't do that anymore. And she gives him this look. And he's like, listen, how about a grilled cheese with truffle oil? I, you know, I got connections. I can make it happen for you. So she does take him up on the offer and then she stops and she's like, Only because I'm hungry. And she sort of like stumbles as she gets out of her seat and he brings her over to the kitchen.
1: Meanwhile, Nate comes into Blair's room. She has candles lit, she's wearing lingerie, the whole nine. Mm. And she's like, Is it too much? Nate is visibly uncomfortable. Yeah. He doesn't want to do this. And he's like, Okay, Blair, um, I have something that I need to tell you. Meanwhile, in the kitchen, Chuck tips Alfonso, who's the head chef, and tells him to just take the rest of the night off, which I can only find insanely condescending if mm-hmm. a 15-year-old told me that after my shift.
0: Not even. Like, he tells him to, like, close the kitchen early. Can you imagine? You're, oh, yeah, yeah, You're, like, a, a probably a very well-renowned chef. Working at this restaurant, and some kid is like, "Hey, hey, why don't you close the kitchen early? We take the night off." I know. So Chuck walks
1: over to Serena, and she's like, "Ah, oh, the sandwich is amazing." And he's like, "Well, I know a couple of ways you can thank me." Ugh. And Serena is like, "It's just a sandwich." And then he immediately comes on to her, and she's like, "No, like this is not happening." And he asks her if she's worried Nate will find out, and then brings up the Shepherd Wedding last year, the real reason why she left town. Mm.
0: So we get a flashback to the Shepherd Wedding. We see Serena dancing on the top of this bar in an empty room at the venue with a bottle of champagne while Nate is sitting on one of the stools. And he's like, oh, like, let me see the bottle. Let me see the bottle. And they, like, end up popping the champagne bottle and laughing. And he's like, oh, I I swear, like, this never happens to me. Is like a joke about, you know, Mm -hmm. finishing early. And she's like, oh, you're still a man in my eyes. And they start, like, canoodling. It gets, like, very touchy. And then we cut back to present day where Nate is telling Blair this story. And she's like. That's it, right? Like you guys just kissed? Uh. It was, in fact, not just it. So we see Nate like pull Serena onto his lap and they're making out and they take off each other's clothes and Nate and Serena end up having sex. And that is how Nate loses his virginity as well. So Mm -hmm. it's a double whammy to Blair. We also see that watching from the balcony... Like a fucking creep was Chuck. He is being creepy. <laughs> yeah, as per usual. So in the kitchen, Chuck tells Serena that she's a lot more like him than she'd care to admit. But Serena's like, no, no, that was then. I'm trying to change. And he's like, well, I liked you better before. And he tries to start like kissing her and like forcing himself on her. Mm-hmm. She tells him to stop. Meanwhile, Blair fully like sobbing and she's like i i always knew i knew there was something and she throws nate out of her room we then see serena trying to fight off chuck who is again trying to force himself on this woman
1: yeah pretty bold shit in the fucking pilot episode like
0: and it happens not once but twice right right a serial predator so she ends up like pushing him off and knees him in the ball so she can get away She runs out of the kitchen and into the bar where Dan has showed up looking for Serena. So she ends up bumping right into him. Her purse spills everywhere. Dan tries to help her pick everything up, but she just like grabs her things and runs off without a word because obviously she's very upset. Somebody just tried to attack her. And that's when Dan realizes that she left her phone behind. And then Dan sees Chuck walk out of the kitchen as well and watches him go. So like. He can put the pieces together that, like, something happened. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, like, I just have such a hard time, like, getting past, like, all the shit that Chuck does in the pilot. Like, it's not just like, oh, he made a mistake, he pulls this shit twice. It's, like, pathological. I hate it. They made him
1: way too unlikable for the pilot episode. Yeah. Yeah, and the uh, Gossip Girl voiceover says that, Just as S and B were building their bridge, it all came crashing down. So the next morning, Nate runs with his father, and his dad's like, oh, you're in a chipper mood. Like, what's going on? Did you have fun with Blair last night? And Nate tells him that he and Blair got into a big fight last night. And his dad is like, always apologize, no matter if it was your fault or not. And Nate is like, you know, maybe it was for the best. And his dad stops in his track and his dad asks if they broke up and he gets just like incredibly serious and tells Nate that Blair is a great girl and they've been dating since kindergarten. And Nate is like, yeah, she's great, but she might not be the girl for me. It might be good for them to take a break. And then his dad tells him that now might not be a good time because Eleanor is about to take her company public and he's been courting her To let him handle the deal. And Nate is like, of course. Like, of course you're going to get it. And he's like, no, I need your help just a little bit. And Nate is surprised to hear this. And he tells him it's a rough patch. You don't have to give up. Especially not when your family is depending on you. So there's a lot riding on this relationship.
0: Yeah, it did remind me. So I I used to be a nanny. And I worked for this family on the Upper East Side, actually. And I remember the kid that I babysat, he had, like, a really bad day that day because there was this kid that was bullying him in his class, like, was excluding him from games, like, wasn't allowing him to play soccer with all the other boys. And, like, it it was rough. And this was, like, a pretty young kid. And he asked to like call his dad so they could talk about it. And he called his dad and I was sitting in the room as he is like on the phone with his father. And the dad is like, no, like you need to, you need to apologize to this kid because his daddy is very important. And like, you need to like, basically he tells, he's telling his like child that he needs to keep the peace because this kid, this bully's parents are like very important and like their colleagues type of thing so like that's a difficult
1: position to put your kid in and yeah it's also so fucked up that someone who's supposed to be your boss who's supposed to be unbiased could lay in on you or fuck up your career because their kid is a jerk yeah like that's insane there should be some sort of like hr
0: well, I don't. I don't know if they worked in the same company, but like, he's basically like this. Right, this, per- this kid's parents are like very important, and like, we need to have a good like relationship with them. So you that need to sucks. like keep being bullied, essentially, and like not make waves. Like, with you're this not kid. gonna be able to say anything. Yeah. yeah, which is fucked. Like, it's so fucked. So we then go the next morning. To the Palace Hotel, where Dan is trying to return Serena's phone to the front desk. But the concierge is like very suspicious of Dan and is like, Oh, well, how do you know it's Miss Vander Woodson's phone if you didn't look through it? And like, if you're not a guest at the hotel, then what were you doing here? And he's like, Whoa, like when Prince Charming found Cinderella's slipper, they didn't ask him <laughs> if he had a foot fetish, okay? And that is when Serena actually walks through the lobby. So the concierge is like, Okay uh let's see if she knows you then like miss vanderwoodson do you recognize this guy and dan is like no like she doesn't know me nobody knows me like it's fine don't worry about it but serena does recognize him and she's like hey yeah, yeah from last night right i'm so sorry like apologizes for bumping into him dan is shocked that she remembers him Serena is also super relieved to see that he found her phone and she thanks him. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that is when Lily Vanderwoodson walks into the lobby and she's like, oh, Serena, I saw your invitation for Kiss on the Lips on your nightstand. I took the liberty of getting you a dress for the party tonight. And Serena's like, oh, actually, I'm not going to go to the party. And Lily's like, what are you talking about? It's your best friend's party. And Serena's like, yeah, no, it's just it was so last minute that I actually – I already made plans for tonight. And Lily's like, with whom? And Serena just turns to Dan and like points to him. And Dan swoops <laughs> in with the save. He's like, yeah, yeah. my, uh, I'm Dan Humphrey, miss Vanderwoodson. Lovely to meet you. And she asks what they're doing tonight. And Dan, again, swoops in with the save, pulls out the flyer for Lincoln Hawk. And he's like, yeah, we're actually we're going to a concert. Uh, Lincoln Hawk, one of the top 10 forgotten bands of the 90s. And Serena's like, yeah, I'm course. a huge fan. Love them. Love them. Gigantic fan. Hearing him talk
1: um, for this scene in particular, I don't know mm-hmm. why. I kept comparing this character to the character he plays in You joe yeah (laughs) yeah because of that like weird surprisedness about his acting style he's like oh we're going to the concert yeah
0: just like always on his feet (laughs) right right (laughs) totally and i mean there are definitely like quite a few similarities between dan and joe from you they're both like stalkers (laughs) i mean a little bit and they both uh are like into literature, like Dan is a writer, Joe works in a bookstore, he's a reader. Definitely like a little bit pretentious intellectualism going on. Yeah. Um, both from New York. So there's quite a few similarities, although can confirm Dan doesn't murder anybody in Gossip Girl. Mm, good so to know. that's good. But I will say in the scene, we get a little hint that uh Lily. Is aware of Lincoln Hawk She's like Hmm Lincoln Hawk Interesting Mm. Because that's another Backstory we're about to get But she's like Oh well Okay The party would have been The perfect way To announce your return But I guess I'll just have to uh, Keep the dress for myself And After Lily walks away Serena thanks Dan You know For helping her out He's like Oh no problem And starts to leave And as he's walking away Serena's like So Pick me up at eight Hmm and Dan is like, what? Like, oh, like, my God. Like, like oh my gosh. Like he's like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's and then I do love this exchange. It's like very classic gossip girl where he's like, You really want to go out with some guy you don't know? And she's like, it Can't be worse than the guys I do know. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> so true, Queen. Yeah.
0: So the next thing we see,
1: Nate and Blair are on a sushi date. And he says that he wants to fix this and put everything in the past. He'll never talk to Serena again. He'll pretend that she doesn't exist. And Blair's like, yep, that's a good idea. Like, we shouldn't mention it again. Oh, my God. And Nate is just (laughs) shocked by how cold she is. She doesn't want to talk about anything. She's like, I overreacted. If you say it's in the past, it's in the past. She's like, I just feel bad for Serena She really missed you. And... Blair, girly pop. It's just a lot. I'm like, Blair, you shouldn't be with
0: him. Yeah. You didn't overreact. Yeah. You reacted very appropriately. He told him to get out because he cheated on you, like... With your best friend.
1: Too much. Yeah. So we go to Rufus's gallery, I'm assuming in Brooklyn. 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 (laughs) In the
0: land of Brooklyn.
1: (laughs) Brooklyn. Lily arrives at the gallery. Turns out they know each other. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And she's like, can you tell me why my daughter is going to a concert with your son? And Rufus is impressed that Dan got a date with Serena. And he's like, small island. Our kids were bound to meet sometime. And she's like, is this some sort of a ploy to get me now that your wife left you? (gasps) And he's like, oh, are you sure you're not using your daughter to get to me now that my wife is out of the picture? And they also have this um, moment before where Rufus is like, oh, I had this stream recently where you were banging the lead singer of Nine Inch Nails in the back of a tour bus. Oh, wait. That actually happened. Mm. So she has a history with musicians. Yes. And we find out they dated back in the day. That was before she switched up rock stars for billionaires. Oh my God. And she's like, you think you're so cute with your washed up band and crappy art gallery. And I'm like, okay, that's devastating yeah. here. <laughs> Rough. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, not all of us have settlements from multiple divorces to sustain us. And yeah. she's like, just stay out of my life.
0: Obviously, there's the Gossip Girl series that's happening right now, the new one. But I think if they were going to do any sort of new series, what they should have done was a prequel of with them. Rufus and Lily, The Early Days, on tour. Ooh. I want to see that. That would have been so spicy.
1: Yeah. I bet that they just wanted to do the reboot because they wanted to capitalize on like the teen yeah. drama series. But I definitely thought when I first heard this, I was like, I hope that there's not some sort of thing where we find out like Dan is his – is her daughter or like No,
0: they're not related. <laughs> okay. It's like I don't like where this
1: is going.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. They're they're not brother and sister. There's no blood relation there.
1: Is it Jenny her daughter? No. No. Okay.
0: Both Jenny and Dan are Rufus and Allison's kids. And Serena okay. and Eric are both Lily and what's his fucking name? Vanderwoodson. He's played by a Baldwin. Wow, okay.
1: Do we ever meet Blair's gay dad?
0: Yes, we do. Okay. He comes back multiple times, uh, but he lives in France, actually. With uh, He's like,
1: I got to go to the land of sexual freedom.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Him and his lover move to France. They, like, have a house, just living uh, a happy French life.
1: That's insane. Okay, so meanwhile... We go back to the Humphrey loft where Jenny is getting ready for the kiss on the lips party. Dan is getting ready for his big date and they wish each other luck. It's very sweet. Rufus comes home and he's like shocked by how grown up Jenny looks and says that she looks just like her mom.
0: I never understood why the party is called kiss on the lips. Like, is this just a reference that I don't get? I thought it was supposed to be like
1: no parents know about it. We're gonna kiss on the lips. <laughs> and every every parent is like, Oh, the kiss on the lips party, aren't you going? And now I'm just like, What is this?
0: Yeah, what, what does do you it mean? mean? Some people had like masquerade masks on, I thought. Yeah, the costuming is so all over the place because like it's a little disjointed. Blair and Jenny are wearing these, like, more modern dresses, but then Cotty and Iz are wearing these, like, period dresses. Like, I just don't... I don't understand. I don't get it. If anybody understands, like, what this is supposed to mean, I wonder... I'm gonna Google kiss on the lips party. Yeah. What the hell does this mean? (laughs) What the fuck is a kiss on the lips party? Um... I didn't find an explanation, but I did find a quiz I think we should do, which is to see if you would get invited to the Kiss on the Lips party. Whoa. Okay, we're going to take this quiz. We're also going to put it in the show notes, so you can take the quiz as well and tell us if you got invited. Okay. I'm scared. I feel like I'm not going to get invited.
1: A few minutes later.
0: (gasps) Oh, my God. I made the list. Wow. Wow i made the list thank god oh my
1: god i was really scared for a second
0: we made it um yeah let us know if you got invited and if you didn't um i'm sorry i'm sorry to hear that not
1: everyone can go
0: (laughs) it's very exclusive even though we don't know what it means i yeah there
1: was there was no kissing
0: that i saw
1: except for like
0: a jenny being accosted yeah i genuinely don't get it like Is it a movie reference to something? I don't know. I don't know. Let us know if you know. Yeah, please. (laughs) But anyways, Blair is getting ready for the kiss on the lips party, whatever the fuck that means, Mm. when her (laughs) mom (laughs) comes in. And she's like, Blair, why are you wearing that dress? Didn't you see the one that I picked out for you? Why are you wearing that fugly little
1: disgusting dress? (laughs) Yeah. Blair? Did you not see
0: the gorgeous, tasteful dress that I laid out for you? And Blair's like, well, I like this one better. And she's like, well, this one isn't as elegant as the other one. And Blair asks her mom why she cares so much. And Eleanor says, because I love you. And you will never be more beautiful, thin, or happy as you are now. So much to unpack with what's wrong with that statement. And she says that she just wants Blair to make the most of it. And Blair's like, okay, I'll change. And, you know, Blair in her mind is probably thinking, oh, this is actually like one of the more sweet moments that I'm having with my mother, which, again, troubling. But (laughs) Eleanor then is like, oh, and put some product in your hair. Your ends are dry. So had to tie it all together with a little bit of criticism right at the end there. You you pet the dog and then hit it. Mm -hmm. And then you pet it and say, it's because I love you.
1: So we cut to the limo. Belair, Nate, Chuck, and is, are drinking champagne. They're smoking. Dangerous. They <laughs> are having a party in the limo on the way to the party. This is a pre-party. Mm. But Nate is checked out. He's like, Ugh. oh, Serena. Serena. Meanwhile, Dan goes to pick up Serena at the palace for their date. And she's like standing on the upper balcony area
0: very romeo and juliet my
1: god (laughs) exactly and he just stares up at her sparkly gold dress he is in awe
0: it's also like a nice parallel to um the grand central scene where she's standing on an upper balcony and he's looking up at her and i think this is very like emblematic of dan and serena's relationship like he always sees her as above him like he always puts her on a pedestal and he's Mm. always trying to like reach for not only her but what she represents was which is like this life of status in the upper east side which as much as he pretends Mm. he doesn't want he does he wants it so we finally get to the iconic kiss on the lips party as they get out of the limo Mm -hmm. the amazing song the way i are is playing (laughs) classic the party is well underway this is like This party probably costs like thousands upon thousands of dollars. Yeah. Gorgeous venue, multiple floors. We have open bar, dance floor, the whole nine. And Little Miss J is having a little convo when she is spotted by Chuck Bass. Mm -hmm. So he immediately is intrigued by her. He says that he loves freshmen and asks Cody and Iz if there's anything about her on Gossip Girl. And they say, no, Nothing. Not till you're done with her. Whoa. So Chuck goes and introduces himself to Jenny. She knows who he is because she is an avid Gossip Girl reader and is very starstruck uh, that he's approached her.
1: Yeah. Nasty. Nasty.
0: So Chuck,
1: not him. Mm-hmm. So Dan and Serena go on their date and she's like, Oh, I'm over trust. But he's like, Oh, I like higher trust. And offers to introduce her to one of the members of the band. And she's like, oh, are you a groupie? But obviously, it's just Rufus. So Dan introduces his dad to Serena. And his dad calls Serena by her whole name.
0: <gasps> Serena <Vanderwoodson>. Dan is <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> I don't know how I know that. Dan is mortified. And then Rufus is like, oh, you're a little early. Like, we're still setting up. And Dan is like, oh, I might have overbudgeted for travel time. And Serena just seems, like, enamored by his thoughtfulness. Mm -hmm. Like, we cut over to her and we see her kind of just, like... oh, She's like, oh, my gosh. He planned this, you know? And Rufus gets called over. He leaves them to set up. And Serena's like, wow, meeting your dad on the first date. And Dan is like, oh, so this is, like, a date. Maybe I should have worn my loafers. (laughs) So they're, like... I just feel like Serena is so smooth. And Dan Mm -hmm. is, like... Oh my God, it's a fucking whirlwind. I don't know what I'm doing.
0: (laughs) The girl that I pined over since I was 14, she's finally talking to me and she's actually very nice. (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, at the party, however, Chuck is, you know, making his moves on Jenny. He's like, oh, we should go somewhere a little quieter to talk. He grabs a bottle of champagne and two glasses for them and takes her into this like stairwell, which literally horrifying don't don't go with a man into a stairwell just don't do it and jenny is clearly very uncomfortable and he kind of like leans in to try and kiss her and she's like oh so like what did you what did you want to talk about and he's like just you know how into you i am and like leans in to kiss her she clearly is like not comfortable with this and she's also kind of like backed up against a wall so she has nowhere to go and chuck does stop and he's like i'm sorry i'm sorry like we don't have to do anything if you don't want to let's just start over and she's like great would love to start over like let's just go back to the party and he's like no wait like before we do let's have a glass of champagne and she's like okay sure like just one. And then she like pulls out her phone and starts secretly texting. Meanwhile, back at Dan and Serena's date, he holds the door open for her and she walks through and she kind of like catches him just lovingly gazing at her. And she's like, what? And he's like, Oh no, nothing. Nothing. It's just, you know, my sister was right. You are very nice. And she's like, why did you ask me out if you didn't think I was nice? And he is like, well, I just, you know, I just thought you were hot. And besides, technically, you're the one who asked me out, okay? And she's like, Mm. oh, okay. So they're having a little flirty flirt. And that's when Dan gets the text from Jenny, the 911. And at first he ignores it, but then he gets a second text from her being like, for real, do you know Chuck? Yeah. And Dan does know Chuck. So... Serena asks, what's up? And he's like, oh, it's my sister. Like, she's at that party and she's having some problems with that guy, Chuck. I gotta go. And she's like, oh, I'll go with you. And he's like, no, 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 you don't have to. And she's like, no, trust me. Like, if it's Chuck, it's not okay. And I'm seeing this note that you have from Phil saying, why don't we get Chuck out of the social circles? And my thought exactly, why are people friends with this dude? Oh, if it's Chuck? Um, Yeah. Not great. Yeah, he's going to try and attack your sister. What the hell? Why is he getting invited to parties? Right.
1: So we go back to the party. Dan and Serena have arrived on the scene. But of course, everyone's just gossiping, talking about Serena being here. Blair's like, I can't believe it. She wasn't invited. And Nate stops Blair from basically ripping Serena's head off. Mm -hmm. And he's like, do you really want to do this? And Blair's like, did you invite her? And he's like, no. She tells him not to talk to Serena. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm not. I'm just going to go for a walk. So Dan goes back to Serena. He's like, I can't find her anywhere. And she's like, let's try upstairs. So they head up the stairs. On the way, they find Chuck's scarf. And they, like, bolt upstairs. And they see Chuck on Jenny. And they're like, get off of her. Jenny runs over to them and Chuck tells Dan that it's a party. Things happen. And he also asks Dan who he is. And Dan is like, how many times do I have to tell you I'm in your class and that's my sister? And he just punches Chuck in the face right in his nose. He's clearly never done this before because he's, like, holding his hand after.
0: He definitely stumbles a little bit. Yeah. After the blow. Yep.
1: And Serena tells Chuck to never touch Jenny again. So Dan, Serena, and Jenny head downstairs. They head out. And Chuck actually yells after Serena. He's like, your
0: life is over, slut. I know everything. Oh, my God. And I'm like, you're literally a predator. So, yeah, I know everything. Uh, yeah, we know everything.
1: So they walk back down to the party and Dan checks if Jenny's OK. And she's like, yes, like, I just want to go home. And as they're walking out of the party, though, Dan has his arm around Jenny and he by his side, he grabs Serena's <gasps> hand.
0: Oh, my God.
1: I know. And Blair sees her walk out, jaw dropped.
0: Mm-hmm. There's also like a little moment. Um, and I like how they how they did this because it it doesn't waste time of like Serena having to like have a conversation to figure out that Blair knows. When Serena like walks into the party, there's the whole thing with Blair and Nate, and he's like, I'm just going for a walk. He walks like right past Serena, doesn't even look at her. And Serena and Blair share this look, and Serena immediately knows, like, oh, yeah, she's Blair knows. Done. Yeah. Yeah. She's toast. So outside the party, Dan is, you know, putting Jenny into the cab and he asks Serena if he has a second chance, you know, at another date with her. And she's like, well, I don't know how you could top this one. He's like, well, I did punch somebody. And she's like, "Mm, we can talk about it in the cab. So she gets into the cab with them and they drive off. Blair walks outside and not only sees them drive off, but also sees Nate drinking a beer like across the street, sadly watching as Serena drives away. (sighs) At that point,
1: like, Blair, you don't want to be with the guy who's pining over this other girl.
0: You just gotta cut each other loose, loose. End the misery for both of you. But that's not what's happening. So as they drive off, Blair is like, she better not show her face again. And Chuck is like, I'm actually hoping she will. Mm. And in the cab, Dan puts his arm around Jenny. And then Dan and Serena, they share a look. They smile at each other. And Serena looks out the window. And I always think about this whenever I'm like sitting in a cab at night. I'm like, wow, I am Serena Vanderwoodson. Oh, my God. I am like, (laughs) I am having my moment. And Gossip Girl says, Spotted Serena making a heroic exit. Too bad for her. There's school on Monday. So until next time, you know you love me, Gossip Girl. Oh my God. And that's the pilot, baby. They really said, Let's make a bang, you know? Yeah, it's a really strong pilot. Like, You get a solid sense of who everybody is and Mm -hmm. a lot of very juicy, enticing drama. We get some new relationships unfolding as well. The Dan and Serena love story is, you know, only just beginning. It's one of those things
1: where I think about like acting
0: class. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And they're like, you know, what's different today like, why – like, basically, why is the story being told? Like, mm-hmm. what's different today than any other day? And it's, like, Serena's back in town. Yes. And the premise just comes off so strong. And then the twists and turns with, like, Serena and Blair immediately reconciling just, like, mm. halfway through the episode and then to have it all burned down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It it really is just like so emblematic of of what's to come. This like tumultuous friendship, um mm-hmm. the the secrets, the lies, the relationships, the gossip, the intrigue, the status, the drama. Like it really it's all there. And we also get, you know, a little bit of humor. We get a little bit of some quirky little sarcastic quips from our Dan Humphrey. He actually has a lot of, like, really great lines, especially oh, yeah. in season one. So my question to you now is do you feel – do you feel gripped? Do you feel like you would want to watch the whole show? What are, how are you feeling? I want to
1: watch the show. Mm-hmm. Here's – so here's some things that I need to happen. <laughs> I'm currently watching Friday Night Lights. I have like a season and a half left. Like I'm, I'm really making moves here. Yeah, like I'm yeah. getting, I'm putting in the work. You know, mm-hmm. I still am like trudging through the OC just because Phil and I watch together, so we have mm-hmm. to find time that we right. can both watch it. And I think there's another. No, I just finished season one of White Lotus, and I wanted mm-hmm. to watch the second season because everyone's talking about it because the yes. finale just aired. Yeah. So I need to find the correct moment. I Mm -hmm. think after I finish White Lotus and Friday Night Lights.
0: Throw Gossip Girl on the docket. Yeah.
1: Throw Gossip Girl in there. Because I've been making my way through some shows. I'll just have it on in the background while I'm working. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. Like I enjoyed the pilot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But when I hear about it, I'm like, this just sounds so annoying. (laughs) Like it sounds... The way that it comes off to me is like, oh my God. And then these like it's like sex in the city, but they're teenagers. But it's not at all. No, it's a totally yeah. different tone. Mm-hmm. It's
0: really dramatic. Yeah, the music also great in this show. Yeah. Lots they have like a really nice balance of some a little bit more like indie stuff, but also a lot of like great pop moments. Um mm-hmm. the fashion. Yeah, it's is like in the O. C. Exactly. Well, the O C
1: has more indie movies. Yeah. Or The OC has more indie music. Yeah. But I did like the song choices. Like they really took me back.
0: Mm -hmm, Definitely. It's a beautiful little time capsule of like the late 2000s, early 2010s. Mm -hmm. There's so much that happens. It definitely does, you know, get a little soapy at times. But like, you know, it's a teen drama. That's kind of the point. And we also do, you know, get kind of akin to the OC where we have a lot of like the adult storylines happening as well, like the Rufus and Lily stuff that goes on. There's mm-hmm. also stuff with the other parents, although it's not quite as balanced as the OC, which I think really does a perfect job of balancing the adult storylines and the teen storylines.
1: Yeah. The OC is just so well written. I know. It's I because I watched, you know, One mm-hmm. and I was like, the quality just declines like yeah. drops off the slope. The OC. Has been really good. Mm-hmm. I think the reason I started liking Friday Night Lights so much is because it's the drama. Mm-hmm. Like now that I'm in the fourth season, I'm kind of like there's stuff happening, but it's becoming less interesting. But like it was so much drama. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. I'm going to say some spoilers like Jason Street getting paralyzed. Wow. Um, Someone becoming they started doing... um steroids because they wanted Mm. to get into college and then like like all this stuff is happening and it's like their lives really hang in the balance but this is like I guess I was never intrigued by it because it's teenagers creating problems for themselves Mm. instead of like I have these real life issues like I'm taking care of my grandma who is my guardian but she needs me to take care of her like right real people problem
0: yes yeah I mean it definitely is a lot of like oh let's watch like rich people do crazy shit. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I like watching rich people do crazy shit. <laughs>
1: it was intriguing. I yeah. mean like
0: they're just like so wild. Yeah. They're and doing, like crazy things. The thing that I I feel like we're missing in today's kind of like TV landscape, although yes we are in like you know a golden age of television, yada yada yada. I get that. But we don't get because you know, we don't really have network TV is king anymore. We don't get these, Mm -hmm. like, long 22 to 28 episode seasons. No one will do that again, Where we can, like, really dive into, like, all these different storylines. There's so much room for things to breathe and develop Mm -hmm. where it doesn't feel rushed. We have time for these, like, non-plot scenes where we can get invested in character. Whereas now, everything is, like, 8 to 10 episodes and it's a year between seasons. And everything just feels so rushed. There's no breathing space. There's no time to, like, really get invested in people and relationships in the same way that you do in these more, like, soapy teen shows. So they're just not hitting the way that they were back in the day. And I think Gossip Girl is definitely, like, one of the most – probably one of the most iconic teen series of all time, even though it wasn't even that long ago. Like, it's, you know, a little over a decade old. But – I think I think it's definitely worth watching. And once you have a little space in your in your television schedule.
1: For sure. Um,
0: let me know and and I'll I'll rewatch it while you're re-watching it. We Ooh. can we can discuss but can discuss. yeah, because I'm still also re-watching the OC. I'm on season three. I think I'm almost at the end of season three, actually. Oh yeah, I'm like still in season two. Yeah. Lots to watch still. And you know, there's so many other teen series that I haven't even seen. Like, I've never seen Dawson's. I've never seen Veronica Mars. Dawson's is one that a lot of people are like, you got to see Dawson's. And Buffy. Like, Everybody's always like, you got to watch Buffy. So. Yeah. Once I finish the OC, I'll probably throw throw a new one in there. So if you have any recs, let us know what we should watch. But. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that you guys enjoyed this, this very special Gossip Girl episode. It was a blast.
1: I felt like I was inaugurated into a club. Yeah. And I want to be Serena. Like, if I could pick, like, it would <laughs> oh, be Serena. Oh, totally. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm curious. Sorry, Blair. I'm curious how, how um your opinion might change because Blair is a really amazing character. And we've barely scratched the surface with her in the pilot. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've, I've definitely reserved a lot of my, my thoughts on Blair just because you haven't seen
1: how fascinating,
0: you know, what she becomes. It's kind of like how um, Brooke in One Tree Hill oh, is kind yeah. of like, you know, whatever in the pilot, but then, mm-hmm. you know, is beloved. So
1: I really love Brooke. So oh, same.
0: Yeah. Brooke is my favorite character. To compare, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I guess we'll we'll wrap it up there. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want a little bit more, you can always subscribe to our Patreon. You can listen to our Stick It episode next week. We're super excited about that. Mm -hmm. Or if you want more content from us, you can follow us on Instagram at Movies That Raised Us or on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. You can also follow
1: us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us pod. Or you can send us a good old-fashioned email at movies that raised us at gmail.com.
0: Yes, and we will see you next week for our first movie of 2023. Whoa. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.